Hi, everyone, and welcome to the August 27th, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. In less than a month, Canadians will head to the polls to elect their next federal government. So we thought it would be a good idea to check in with segments of Canada's auto industry to see what's wanted and needed from whichever party wins control. Today, you'll hear from Brian Kingston of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association, Hugh Williams from the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association, and from Unifor President Jerry Diaz on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I started this cross-country checkup of sorts by getting right to the point with Brian Kingston. Brian, what's your organization's number one issue as we steam towards the polls? The key for us right now, and no matter who wins this election, is we need a plan to help increase zero emission vehicle adoption. Automakers are investing hundreds of billions of dollars into electrification. This is a, an unprecedented transformation that's underway. And the only way that we're going to actually get to a point where we're seeing mass adoption of electric vehicles is if government comes together with OEMs, dealers, provinces and territories, municipalities, nonprofit education organizations, energy providers, you name it, and, and comes up with a plan to help boost consumer incentives, build charging infrastructure, and educate Canadians about zero emission vehicles, because that, that's fundamental to actually helping this shift take place. So we're, we're keeping an eye on that and interested to see uh, how all the various parties address that. Who's going to be uh, announcing that you know they're going to be investing in charging infrastructure, that they intend on not just refunding the zero emission vehicle incentive, but adding new funds to it and expanding it to ensure more Canadians can, can make the switch to electric. Those are the types of policies that uh, I'll be keeping an eye on. Are all three parties capable of providing what it is your organization would like to see? Is there one better than the other or can it get done no matter who governs eventually? I think it can get done no matter who takes charge. And when you look at both um, the Conservative and the NDP platform, or we'll, we're still waiting for the Liberal platform, both of them have um, pretty detailed sections on zero emission vehicles and, and what needs to be done to increase adoption. So you know, in the Conservative plan, there's specific mention of, of uh, investments into electric vehicle manufacturing in Canada, as well as uh, actually building the, the charging network. Uh, and when you look at the NDP platform, um, some very specific proposals in there around the ISEB program and helping consumers uh, uh, adopt uh, zero emission vehicles. They also have a very aggressive target for um, making the federal government be a leader in zero emission vehicle adoption. They want the federal fleet to go electric uh, as early as 2025. So um, there's lots of good ideas in, in those plans, and we'll look forward to seeing what, what the Liberals put forward. Last question. Does this next government, whichever party it is, still assist GM and Stellantis with the retooling of their plants in Oshawa and Windsor, respectively? I'm confident the federal government uh, will will still be a partner in those investments. And, um, you know, all you have to do is look at what both uh, the Conservative Party uh, and the NDP have put forward in their platforms around supporting the auto industry, building the auto industry, and helping the transition to electric vehicle manufacturing. Both platforms are very clear on this. 
the conservative platform has earmarked a uh, billion dollars for EV man- manufacturing right here in Canada. Um, and the, the NDP platform um, has a specific mention of, uh, of supporting the industry, uh, effectively an auto strategy to help ensure that uh, we win more investment into this country. So I think regardless of the outcome, making sure that these, these major, major new investments uh, proceed will, will be a priority for any government. Unifor President Jerry Diaz represents thousands of workers at those plants. So our Toronto Bureau Chief David Kennedy posed a similar question to him. Here's what Diaz had to say. The governments have already made those commitments, so I don't see any government committing complete economic suicide. Uh, we have a conservative premier in Ontario. I mean, and it's the number one industry in Ontario. I don't see any government saying, hey, hold on here for a second, we're going to we're going to make decisions that are negatively, negatively going to impact uh, the number one export industry or the number one industry in Ontario. This doesn't make any sense. Of course, David asked what the union's biggest concern is heading into the election. It's certainly going to be it's going to be jobs. I mean, obviously the, um, the, the you know the pandemic, of course, is drawn is driving so much of this. But the issue becomes: What does the economy look like after the pandemic? What does Build Back Better actually look like? What are the jobs? So, for example, of the auto industry, um, we're talking about uh, batteries being the heart of a, of a battery electric vehicle, which is a common sense statement. So here we are as a country rich in natural resources and raw materials. Um, so, you know, who has a plan? Our government's going to um, incentivize uh, or, or, you know, you know, are, are they going to give incentives for you know for for companies to to invest in making uh, uh, batteries for electric vehicles? Are they, you know, what's the plan for the auto industry? This is an opportunity for us. Like as a nation, I will argue that we have historically blown it. We're one of the. If you take a look at the world, we're one of the richest countries in the world when it comes to raw materials and natural resources. But we've had this inferiority complex that I can't understand. You know, we've always been quite comfortable being the drawers of water and hewers of wood. And so we never used our strength for the backbone or to be the backbone or to be the focus of our economy. So this is an opportunity now coming into a pandemic to take a, to, to do a reboot and to say, hey, hold on here for a second. Like, why in the heck are we always, why aren't we the ones that have all of the goods yet are quite comfortable buying finished products from other countries? Why is that? So that's the type of debate that's going on right now. I'm very comfortable with that because this is a a unique opportunity to to alleviate the wrongs of the past. And finally, who is Unifor encouraging its members to vote for? The answer probably won't surprise you. Here's what Diaz had to say. Well, we don't encourage our members to vote for any one party. Uh, The bottom line is, is our members are incredibly bright, they are intelligent, they're educated, so they're going to make up their own minds. So what we normally do is we spend a fair bit of time talking about the issues that are important to working class people, and our members make their own decision. But uh, historically, and even in this election, it's basically ABC, anything but conservative. But uh, the conservative party, the conservative party for us has always been a disaster. They've always been bad for working people. Finally, 
I wanted to know what this country's automotive retail sector would most like to see from its next federal government. So I went to Hugh Williams of the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association. Here's what he had to say when I asked him about the biggest concern he's hearing from dealers. In a similar vein to, to the uh, automakers, you know, we're really looking for a comprehensive roadmap of how this transition uh, that, that's been laid out by various governments, including the the, the, um, the previous uh, Trudeau government that's now gone to the, the polls, how that's going going to work. It, you know, it cannot be something that's just put on the back of auto retailers or the auto auto manufacturing section. It really has to be an all-in approach towards ensuring that there are charging stations, that there's actually the uh, grid infrastructure to be able to charge these vehicles, that consumers have incentives to, to buy them. Um, and also there needs to be, uh, you know, a really strong integration with the U.S. approach. You know, Canada is not an island. We're, we're, uh, we're part of the North American market. And if we don't have a harmonized approach to both fuel economy and where we're going uh, with EVs, you know, we're really going to have a, a very disruptive time for consumers, the economy, and of course, uh, for dealers. So, that, you know, that's one of our our, our key concerns. Our, our second uh, concern uh, revolves around the luxury tax, and, and th- this is in a similar vein: is that you know you can't have uh, taxation that just targets the the auto industry because it's a it's an easy target. Um, you know, if 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 governments decide that that, that they want to tax luxury purchases or wealth purchases, it should be across the board as opposed to just focus on um, the auto industry. Um, at the moment, we were very glad that the uh, uh, the current government. Um, listen to us, on, on, uh, at least partially on the luxury tax in terms of making it only on the marginal uh, rate. So only the rate over $100,000 receives an extra tax as opposed to from dollar $1. Uh, but what we're really looking for, uh, you know, is commitments uh, from uh, all of the parties uh, either not to do the luxury tax or at least not have a double luxury tax in provinces uh, like uh, British Columbia and Quebec, which already have provincial luxury taxes. And, and you know, it's just not good for the economy, for jobs, for dealerships to have tax on tax um, on, on, um, on, on just a, a small subset of vehicles. I also wanted to know how COVID-19 might have changed what it is the dealers are looking for from their next federal government. One of the things that COVID-19 really did was was help uh, all businesses recognize the role that governments play, um, not just in in health and safety, but then how that trickles down to the the economy. And I think, you know, we you know give credit to the previous government for their fast action on making sure that all businesses were included in the uh, the wage subsidy program uh, so to keep employees working, so that we didn't have a stall in the economy. I think that there's a there's a recognition that 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 was that was the right decision. Dealers themselves, you know, showed how resilient they could be. Uh, you know, not only have dealers uh, stayed open to service the public uh, through the transportation network, making sure the repair shops are open and the sales network is available so that, you know, people that needed new cars were able to buy it. You know, anybody involved in healthcare that needed transportation because they couldn't take the bus uh, were able to get what they needed. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, we can be very proud of that. Uh, and at the same point in time, I think that we've also gone through other hiccups uh, on top of COVID where you've got the micro short, microchip shortage and, and other challenges that have been mixed uh, into it. And dealers have survived and thrived during this period of time and, and have kept employees on and kept the economy rolling. Still, William said it's too early to tell which party might best serve Canadian dealers.
we've certainly heard um, you know positive signals um, you know in, ter- in terms of uh, you know you know ha- taxation and other other issues out of the Conservatives they've launched their platform um, you know but but the, the I think the approach of the Liberals is is is, is not yet clear um, as, as they're they haven't launched their platform yet so it's not an apples to apples uh, comparison uh, but as you know as, as, as truly nonpartisan organization we're going to be uh, developing a report card on um, on each of the platforms and you you know, we'd be happy to share that with your, your readers as we get uh, as we get close. I'd like to thank all my guests on this week's show. And remember, if you'd like to be a guest or have a suggestion, simply want to comment, email me at glayson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody. 